It's time for JT the Brick. What the hell's going on out there? It's the calm before the Tennessee storm, and they're coming home a wounded animal. Thank God the Raiders are playing this Tennessee team. Can you imagine if Tennessee beat Buffalo? No need to panic, but it's a must win. Derek Carr has to play great. Not good. He's got to play great. And I'd be damned if I'm going to sit by and watch my team go to Tennessee and get haunted by that Tannehill effect. JT the Brick. Raiders got to beat the Titans. They've got to now jump all over Tennessee and take Tennessee's will away. That's hard to do on the road. I think Tennessee's got much more problems than the Raiders. I mean, you're 0-2, you don't throw away the season. Come on, you got 15 games left. The Raiders have 15 games left. But you got to win in Tennessee. Got to win in Tennessee. Must win in Tennessee. And now, here's JT the Brick. All right, back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. My conversation in a few moments with the head coach, Josh McDaniels. Uh, pretty excited to have the access to sit down with the coach every week, and it's new to both of us, so we're just getting to know each other. It's our you know, third interview. We had the state of the team, a couple other events here, but uh, Josh McDaniels in a few moments as we uh, get you ready for the Tennessee trip. I'm going to Nashville, excited. My wife hasn't been to Nashville. I don't think my wife's ever been to Nashville. I went to Nashville, I don't know, with back in the day twice and loved it, but I heard it's completely different. I haven't been there in a long time. So I'm looking forward to seeing Broadway in Nashville where they had 600000 for the draft uh, to see a lot of the bars, the Kid Rock's new bar, the Acme bar, other bars. And then I'll host a pregame show from the press box and be walking around that stadium, Nissan Stadium. A couple of housekeeping notes here this hour as we open up, and we are brought to you by our great friends at Remy Martin. They have the new botanist gin. It's doing so well that everywhere I go in town, it's the botanist. A cool, refreshing gin, part of the Remy Martin portfolio. We often talk about Remy Martin and how much we love it. Team up for excellence with the botanist gin as they are here this week as my sponsor for the head coach coming up with Josh McDaniels. Two new podcasts. My podcast with Tom Looney, JT and Looney, wherever you get your podcast, it's now on YouTube. So we're up on TV from our homes. Nothing flashy, but we did a podcast on the 0-2 teams. Uh Uh-oh, Raiders are on that list. Go get it there. And then starting next Tuesday, right here from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Q Myers, myself, and Lincoln Kennedy debut a new podcast for the Raiders on all the Raider platforms. I'm excited about that. Any chance to work with Q is a good thing. And how about the fact that I can work with Lincoln Kennedy? And I've been doing that for a long time. So Lincoln Kennedy coming up. So that's more work for Lincoln, more work for me. But we love working, man, especially in this economy, man. We we love the extra work. So we'll do that here, and we're excited about that. So that's what we got as we open it up here. Want to hear from you, 702-365-9200, before we get to my conversation with the coach. Ryan in Sacramento being patient. Go ahead, Ryan. JT, what's up, my jungle brother? Everything's good, Ryan. Good to talk to you. You as well. Hey, uh, you know, I don't like to look too far ahead into the future, but I'm looking at this game with the Raiders in Tennessee, and it's three games into the season. This is a must-win. They have two divisional games after uh, yeah. They play Tennessee, and then they've got a fairly decent schedule with the Texans, Saints, Jags, Colts. You've got a divisional with the Broncos, and then you have the Seahawks. So is this the turning point, and what's the feeling within the building? Feeling in the building's great. I mean, everybody expects to win. No one's panicking. No need to. And everybody, you know, the team's not completely healthy. We'll get the injury report coming up here, but... 
you know, it's all system go. They think they're a very good team. They are a good team. They've been snake bit in one game. The other game they had a chance to win late. So it's it's not where you want to be at 0-2, but there's a lot of positivity around here because it's a new regime starting and they feel good about their plan. So, J.D., let me ask you this. Um, do you think Derek Carr gets a fair shake? Because he has had, what, three or four head coaches throughout his tenure, and he's still in Oakland. And I feel like Josh McDaniels is the best fit for him. I mean, what's the consensus? Well, appreciate uh, the appreciate the call. The consensus is is that Derek's had some really good coaches. He's Jack Del Rio. He had John Gruden, who's a master offensive mind, and he's got Josh McDaniels, the most accomplished coach in the history of offense. Let me repeat that: no coach in the history of NFL dating back to leather helmets have won six Super Bowls in some capacity on the offensive side of the ball. So Derek's the coaching's not the problem with Derek at all. It's the roster. It's the roster. Derek hasn't had many great rosters. He hasn't. And I always bring that up when I talk about Derek. Derek, there's always something with Derek, but it's not coming from Derek. Derek's not saying, hey, man, I don't have a great offensive line. Well, he doesn't. Derek's not saying I don't have enough weapons because he has enough weapons. Derek's not blaming it on the defense for not getting off the field on third and fourth down. So there's always something there that you can poke a hole at, but Derek's not that type of guy. Derek's always out there trying to find a way to win. And I know fans are frustrated because he doesn't win as much as he loses at times. But there's always been a reason behind that. Now people don't want to hear about the reasoning. They just want him to win. Go win the game. Because we're seeing quarterbacks now that have less weapons than Derek winning games and doing a good job winning games. Jalen Hurts won the other night. I don't think Jalen Hurts is as good as Derek. Jalen Hurts is now has a higher MVP probability rate than Derek Carr. I don't mind if that's Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, but it can't be the other quarterbacks in this league. And look, we've seen Joe Burrow struggle. Tua looks unbelievable. Tua looks bleeping unbelievable to start the year. We need Derek to start to look like that too. Hopefully it happens in Tennessee. A snow raider out in beautiful Lake Tahoe. Go ahead. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. Looking at Big Blue right now. I got two points. First and foremost, on the uh, 12-4 uh, Sunday versus the Chargers at Elite. I'm going to be there. I look forward to having a uh, Medello with you at the perch. I'm excited for that. Just booked my uh, uh, ticket. Secondly, um, this Sunday, I got Raiders 24-17 win. They're going to play the purpose. Uh, someone called in earlier this week. Carr's got to play great. You've been saying that. Other fans have been saying that. He's definitely uh, hasn't played as tough as he can since he broke his back. Other fans were saying it was his ankle. I think it was an injury from his back. But he's got to get past that and play great. Um, reason Tannehill's not going to do anything this Sunday is because he pissed the Frable in the offseason that mental uh, health definitely very important, but you got to take care of your business and not back up your teammate for that new quarterback. That was poor. Vrabel's not happy with that. That's why he got pulled. So through thick and thin, it's the Raiders this Sunday. They're going to fight hard. They're going to play with purpose. I'm getting fired. If you're getting me fired up, 2017 Raiders. Good. Let's go. All right, appreciate the call. And no, Tannehill did not get benched because he didn't want to deal with Malik Willis. He got benched because they were getting crushed, and they didn't want to hurt him, and they wanted to have him available for the Raiders. That's exactly why he was benched. He was pulled because the game was out of reach. I'd expect Derek to get pulled if the game was out of reach like that. Uh, Josina Anderson reports that defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul is joining the Ravens today. 
Jason Pierre-Paul, one of the more accomplished players in this league the last 15 years with the Giants and the Bucks. Jason Pierre-Paul, JPP, now joins the Ravens. Ravens are pretty good at adding players, no doubt about that. Earlier today, I sat down with the head coach of the Silver and Black, Josh McDaniels. Here's our conversation. We welcome in head coach Josh McDaniels. And coach, let's begin looking at the tape after Arizona how the players reacted to the tape and then practice so far this week. Yeah, we, we saw a lot of opportunities that, um, that we, we, we couldn't quite take advantage of late in the game. Um, I thought we all knew that we put ourselves in a good position. Uh, anytime you do that and you build yourself a lead, um, clearly you've done some things well, which we did. And then, um, you know, there was a lot of reasons why we didn't close the game out. Um, we had a lot of opportunities. I think Arizona deserves a lot of credit. There was about six or seven plays where if they didn't make that one play, the game probably would have ended in our favor. But um, they deserve a lot of credit for the way they executed down the stretch. And I think we learned some hard lessons uh, about what we need to do a little bit better in order to finish those. Um, And the guys have had a great attitude so far this week. Yeah, I saw that in Devontae's press conference on Wednesday. I thought it was a master class in leadership. At one point he said, I want my teammates to have a monster game. All I want to do is win. So when you put your captains to the podium and they're saying the right things because they really believe it, they're great leaders. Yeah, they are. And we have great leadership here. And so um, they're looking to do anything that they can do to help the team win. Um, That's clear every day. Uh, And their mindset and their attitude and their approach this week has resembled uh, the type of leadership that we we've seen from them you know the entire year so um, we know that we either win or we learn and so we're, we're we're trying to learn here you added some offensive line depth brought in a player you're familiar with what was that process like after the game yeah. getting him in here this week ahead of the titans yeah uh justin haran was a guy that that i've coached before was with dave and i in new england and um you know and they they called and and he was you know available uh, uh to to potentially add to our team and um, we looked at it and just felt like, you know, tackle is such a premium position in the National Football League that, you know, if you have an opportunity to add some depth there and some competition, uh, never a bad thing at tackle. And so, uh, you know, we looked into it and we're able to do it and uh, happy that Justin's here. Look forward to, to having him compete now. One other player I want to mention, I want to talk about Mac Hollins a bit and what you saw in that game with his route running. Mm-hmm the receptions, and then what he can do on special teams. When you look at him before the start of a game, he has a big role with this team every game. Mm -hmm, He does. And, uh, you know, Mac was voted as the captain, and it's clear and obvious why. You know, uh, he hardly comes off the practice field uh, during practice. You know, he's out there for most of our snaps offensively. He's on every kicking unit. Uh, He's down there making a great play on the punt team as a gunner. Um, you know, he's a, and he's a great teammate. He's very unselfish. He, whatever role you ask of Mac, he, he's eager to do it. Um, doesn't mind, you know, doing the dirty work. Doesn't worry about credit. Um, just, you know, he's just a good, hard-nosed football player. Tough kid, smart, uh, learns a lot of positions offensively for us and in the kicking game. Um, and we're looking forward to his leadership continuing uh, to help us as we go forward here and learn. You had a dress rehearsal in Miami traveling east, so this is the first one in the regular season. What's that like, moving this mass operation, get ready for this game as the Titans are coming off a short week? It's the first, you're right, we've had a couple times to go go east, but this is the first time we're playing early uh, on a Sunday. So what we're going to do is we're going to go Friday. Uh, so we're going to practice Friday uh, afternoon and then leave Friday night um, and get there, you know, 9, 9.30, 9.45 in Nashville. 
um, try to get a good night's rest and start to put our body clocks on that time schedule uh, because the game kicks off at 10 o'clock Vegas time. Sure. Uh, and so this will be our first early game. So uh, going to try to do, you know, they have more experience with this than I do. The, the people that are really helping me put that, that together, the support staff, the operations people, and a lot of our players have some experience to that too. So it uh, seems like it's worked well in the past for them. And so that's how we're going we're gonna to do it. Try to have a normal Saturday in Nashville and then get up early and go play the game. Get it going. Let's get to Mike Vrabel. How about some Mike Vrabel stories, your yeah. friendship, relationship when he's a player yeah. and now as a head coach? He, uh, this is one of the, the all-time uh, self-made players, you know, and uh, played at Ohio State, had a great career, went to Pittsburgh first, uh, and then came to New England very the same year I did in 2001. So we kind of started our Patriots career at the same time. Um, Mike played a lot of spots defensively, very intelligent, super tough. Um, probably one of, if not the greatest practice player that I've ever been around. Interesting. Um, wow. Played on every scout team play, gave the offense a great look, played every defensive snap, you know, played multiple roles there, would run down on the kickoff team, you know, to give our kickoff return team a good look, played safety when we needed a, a bigger body at safety. Um, he just was a, he loved football and he still does. And uh, tough, hard nosed guy, you know, durable. Doesn't matter what was wrong with him physically, he was out there. Um, and he made an, a ton of enormous plays for us over those those years. And um, for me, he actually we caught he caught a bunch of touchdown passes too. I think yeah, he had I remember 10, that. Ten career catches, and all of them were touchdowns. So isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah Mike. Ten for ten. <laughs> Mike played some important plays, and uh, always came through in the clutch. Uh, let's move to Derrick Henry, 53.5, only 107 total yards after two games. You know what that's like after two games. Your stats skew. Mm-hmm. But the difficulty to get him down and the preparation from one of the best backs we've seen yep. of his era. No question. Um, this guy's as good of a player as there is in the league at any position. At his position, he's special and he's unique. Um, there's not – we don't play any other backs that are 6'3 and a half, 250, yeah. um, that can run as fast as he can run and – uh, so this game is going to be all about closing the space and try to narrow in the, those running lanes and not let him get started. Uh, and we're going to have to rally to the football, pursue, and tackle well. And there's no shortcut to that. There's going to be some big collisions. you know. And sometimes he delivers them, and sometimes we're going to get a chance to get at his legs. But um, it'll be a big challenge. We're going to know that they're going to want to get him going. It's a home game. Uh, you know, they're coming off a road Monday nighter. Like, I'm sure as I'm sitting here, they're going to talk about trying to get him 30, 30 plus carries. Right. Uh, we're going to need to do a good job in the running game. And we talked about that in the preseason when I first sat down with you. It's tough to simulate that in the preseason, right? Especially if starters aren't playing. Yep. So is it everyone and Coach Graham saying everybody just get a hat to the ball? Once, no once he touches it, get everybody to the ball because it could take multiple players to bring him down. Yeah, you have to play really disciplined run defense. Uh, everyone will have an assignment and a gap. Um, and we're going to need to do a good job of setting an edge on the defense and then trying to rally and play your gap. You know, if, if you're out of your gap and there creates a seam for him, uh, he'll find it. And he usually he's not going to screw around and go sideways very long. So he'll stick his foot in the ground and get downhill. And uh, like I said, this is going to be all about closing the space for us. Uh, if we can go back to when you scouted Ryan Tannehill back in the day mm-hmm. and competed against him, yep. he's sneaky outside the pocket, former receiver. We know yep. how athletic he could be. Concerns of keeping him in the pocket and getting to him if he decides to run. Very talented player. Obviously has, has really come into his own the last four or five years here. And, and you know, he's led a, you know, a team that's finished you know, first in the AFC and was the number one seed. And, um, you know, he can beat you with his arm or his legs. And uh, very smart guy, cerebral. 
uh, sees the defense well, um, and does a good job of getting the ball down the field. Their play-action game, if you combine it with their running game, it's very dangerous because there's so many people that are down in the front to try to stop the run that you know they give themselves plenty of opportunities to make plays down the field. He's got a big arm. So um, got to stop that from happening. And certainly when he gets outside of the pocket, we're going to treat him like a running back because that's really what he turns into. And he's not looking to slide. He's tough. Uh, he'll try to fight for some extra right. yards. So we're going to have to get him to the ground as well. Last Titans question. They got a couple of big guys up front. They got six sacks already. Yep. We've talked about O-line depth, max protection at times. Mm -hmm. And how do you slow down their front? Yeah, Simmons is one of the best defensive linemen that we're going to play all year, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, he's very disruptive in a running game, penetration. Um, does a good job in pass protection, and they, they run a lot of stunts and games and picks on third down that are very challenging. We're going to get hard at work at that today. Um, they're just a physical group, you know, and at some point in every rush, it turns into a power rush, and so our guys are going to have to step in there and, and anchor the power rushes so we can give Derek an opportunity to step up in the pocket and get the ball out, but there's no shortcuts to this one. Uh, they're not going to run around people as much. They're going to try to run through you. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to stand up to that challenge. Good luck. We'll see you in Nashville. Thank you very much. So, Coach told us something interesting there on that bull rush. That won't go around you. This is going to try to go right through you. So, the interior of that defensive line, because they got a couple of players who are really tough, including Simmons. They have six sacks. The Raiders have one. That's got to change. Chandler Jones has to have a big game. He had a five-sack game in Nashville. He, he's had a big game there before. He's got to have a big game. A lot of people are asking me about Chandler Look, I'm not at practice. I'm not in the meeting room. He's got to get his legs going now. His legs are his asset. He's a, a guy who's fit. His legs, the burst, the, the speed that he has to get around the edge. We haven't seen that. Haven't seen it at all. So he's got to figure out a way to get going. Hopefully this is the game. Uh, Jesse and Lodi, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're up. Yep, go ahead. I just, want, uh, I just want to touch on a little bit about the whole uh, – um, I appreciate you doing the interview on the call. Your phone stinks, buddy. I got to run. Your phone's terrible. I can't take calls from Lodi. You got to go down the block, three blocks, then make a right, and then get behind that tree, and then that signal is damn perfect. Phones are a very important aspect of my life. I'm on the phone way too much with my friends. My wife says, who are you on the phone with? All the time. I'm talking to my friends. And if you're going to call into sports radio, I need a clean phone line. Very clean. Many radio shows don't take calls anymore. They're afraid. Who's behind that call? I don't care who calls in. I just need a clean phone line. So, Jesse, find a landline. Back in the olden days, they used to have landlines. Remember, Bobby? We just have a phone in the kitchen. Have a long cord. And my sisters would be able to take the phone on the cord and run away from my dad so they could talk to their boyfriends and extend the cord two rooms in. Does anybody have a landline anymore, Bobby? I haven't had one since um, the <laughs> 2000s. We have a landline. We do because that's, that's part of my DNA. We always have a house phone on top of these billions, not millions, billions I'm spending on my phone bills and my cable bill. But it's important. We have a landline. And all it is is people trying to get to me for politics. People and the things that my sons enjoy the most. My sons are at that goofball age, 21 and 19. And when the phone rings, they start laughing. And my wife goes, what's going on? They go, here comes dad. And I come in and I pick up the phone. You should hear me destroy these political calls. I suck them in for about 30 seconds. Then boom, it comes out. Stop calling our homes 
with your political propaganda. Stop calling our homes. We have house phones for a reason, not for politics, man. And man, are we getting that. Vince Sapienza. Yeah, I won't get you started. Vince Sapienza joins us coming up next. We consider him a Raider insider. He was also at the Aces Parade. He's over at the Golden Knights. He covers everything for the Raiders' proud partner, which is Fox 5. And the great job that we do, kind of having synergy with them. They're fantastic at what they do. So we love that about Fox 5 as we continue on. And we are brought to you by our good friends. And we got a lot of good friends on the show that help us out, especially Remy Martin. They help us team up for excellence. Which is play calling. I mean, playing and play calling go hand in hand. Um, you know, there's always going to be some plays out there as a player that you wish you had back. There's always going to be calls as a play caller that you wish you had back. Um, now is not the time. We've never done it. It's not going to be about one person. We got our asses kicked. Plain and simple. They outcoached us. They outplayed us. And, and that's the definition of it. And so we're going to get back to work and, and we're going to figure out a way to win a football game. Uh-oh, Mike Vrabel's pissed off. I don't know what that's going to do. He's not playing in the game, but he's coaching. Uh, Vrabel's getting heat for his coaching staff, which I find interesting, as they were the one seed, a 12-win team, and now some people are writing and blogging about the fact, will he get rid of one of his coaches uh, to alleviate the pressure that's coming on him? I don't think that's going to be the case. My good friend Vince Sapienza joins us from Fox 5. He covers all sports in Vegas as good as anybody. And Vince, I wanted to begin. Nice conversation to start off at the Aces Parade. You did a nice job with the coverage there from Fox 5. What was that like? Yeah, thanks, JT. Yeah, you know, what a night that was. You talk about another historic night for the city of Las Vegas. You know, I think a lot of people were wondering what kind of turnout that parade would be for the Aces. And I think Las Vegas spoke loud and clear thousands showed up on the strip they would not leave well after the event was over so i think it it was a fitting and fantastic uh parade and a thank you from the city to the team for bringing that first professional major championship uh to southern nevada yeah you've had many conversations with mark davis on all sports and you know when i saw mark on the bus and start the parade off there, it was really, I was really happy for him because he did not buy that team as a gimmick. Mark's been a basketball fan his entire life and loves the WNBA. This was a passion project for him and a business. And to see the strip and to see the crowd, that was a big moment for him and his partners. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he got out of his car, he couldn't wipe the smile off his face. And I think that's been true for the last 48 hours as it pertains to the Aces. He bought this not as a businessman, not as an investor, but as a fan and somebody who wanted to see the the women's league grow, the WNBA grow, and the Las Vegas Aces grow in this city. And I think within a year's time span, he was able to accomplish all of that. The WNBA has forever changed because of what the Las Vegas Aces did this year under Mark Davis, under Becky Hamill, with a- Asia Wilson, two-time MVP, and all, all the players that, that won that championship. I think the WNBA is forever changed, and a big part of that is because the investment and the amount of attention 
Mark Davis has poured into this organization. Vince Sapienza joins us, Fox 5. So I saw some of your social media over at training camp for the Vegas Golden Knights. Give me a best-case scenario, and not so much a worst-case scenario, but something maybe you're concerned about that they got to clean up in camp before the start of the season. Well, I think one of the big things is we see Mark Stone is wearing the non-contact red sweater to start training camp. Now, some may say, hey, that's, that's good news because his availability was in question in terms of when we would see him during training camp. He just left the ice, and I can say he looked great. Uh, other than wearing the non-contact red sweater, you wouldn't think uh, anything is amiss. Mind you, it is the first day of camp. Mind you, there's uh, not a lot of heavy hitting, but there is some physicality we've seen early on. There's been two sessions already, one more coming up in about an hour, and uh, I think that's really a good time for the Golden Knights. Now, the other big question that's going to continue, whether it's, Training camp preseason, we're not going to know until opening night, but it's going to be the goaltending situation. Logan Thompson, can he be the guy for the Golden Knights? Bruce Cassidy has told me he's going to get the first opportunity to be the number one in net, but Aiden Hill is, is going to be right there as well. Both those guys are unproven. Both those guys don't have large sample sizes or track records in the National Hockey League, but both those guys are going to be the bell cows for Vegas, Laurent Brassois will not be playing or participating in training camp. That's not a great sign because all, for all intents and purposes, he was on track to at least participate and maybe even play a preseason game or two. That won't be the case. So best case scenario for him, we won't see him until the first month or so into the regular season. Again, meaning Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill are going to be the two guys uh, defending the net for the Golden Knights. And, and i got to tell you, as talented as this roster is, if you don't get goaltending, whether it's the start of the season or the end of the regular season, you don't have much of a chance. Vince Sapienza, so I don't recall our conversation where I sat next to you at what point in the game it was. <laughs> I think they were up 20 to nothing, if I'm correct, because I was kind of mulling my way to get my stuff yeah. in the second half. So walk me through when I visited you and Kevin <laughs> and what happened from your point of view with the Raiders lost to Arizona. Well, I don't know if I want to call you Nostradamus because it didn't end well, but you basically <laughs> said they need to stop on this one. And uh, Arizona went down the field, scored uh, scored seven points, and that was the beginning of the end. So, I mean, your feeling was correct, JT. I mean, there was just something in that second half. It, it didn't matter which phase of the game it was. The Raiders just looked like they, they never even touched the field. When you look at the other side of the coin, that first half, they couldn't do anything wrong. Um you know, you want to just chalk it up to, to growing pains or early season lag. To, you, you could mention a number of, of excuses, but, you know, Josh McDaniels has talked about it the last two weeks. He's talked about it all training camp. He, he said it as soon as he got here. You have to learn how not to lose before you can win, and the Raiders did everything they could to lose that game in the second half, and they ultimately got what they were asking for. So, um, you're going to hope – the only thing you could do now is see how this team responds. You know, you could be upset. Raider Nation could be fuming as much as they are, and they should be. But now you're really going to see what this team's made out of. Right now you're going to see it's early on in the season. You're just in the midst of a brutal early schedule, and you're 0-2. How do you respond? How do you get back up off the ground? And, you know, Foster Moreau, we just heard from him mm-hmm. as we were leading into this segment. And, I mean, you talk about a guy who has a pulse of the team guy who's fired up you know mike vrabel's pissed off this raiders team is pissed off and rightfully so now let's see how they how they turn that on the road against the tennessee Titans. let's see if if they can get on the winning track 
Hey, Vince, Derrick Henry ran for 1.9 yards a carry in 13 attempts, 25 yards. He couldn't get to the line of scrimmage against Buffalo. Buffalo's got a significantly better, I think, interior than the Raiders have, and their linebackers are better, fact. And so they were really sitting on the run, and they were really flushing him out. They knew when he was going to get it, and they buried him right at the line of scrimmage. I mean, they gave the Raiders the blueprint on how to stop them. I just don't know if the Raiders have the roster, the assets to do it, unless they elevate their game. they got to stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is a mental game, JT. I really, really do. You know, all these guys are big, you know, fast and physical. Not many are like Derrick Henry. But when you talk about stopping the run, that, that is as much mental as it is physical. You know you're going to get Derrick Henry 20 to 30 times a game, and that can be taxing on a defense knowing you're going to have to just get a sledgehammer to pull this guy down. But again, I think this is one of those opportunities where Patrick Graham's unit has to rise to the occasion and just and just say no. Just say no and, and follow that blueprint that Buffalo did. Tough, physical, and, and just that never quit. And I think that's going to be a lot of it. And I think we're going to see early on what, what kind of Raiders defense is coming to the party in Nashville because he's going to come early, he's going to come often, and, and like you said, Mike Rabel's pissed. They're going to feed him the rock. And uh, now it's the Raiders' opportunity to stop him. It's cool that you get to go to training camp for hockey. You cover the football team. You cover the Aces. You do it at such a high level. Thanks for doing it, my friend. I appreciate you coming on. JT, appreciate you. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5, Emmy Award winner. And again, I turn on the TVs at the Aces Parade. Turn on the TVs at Golden Knights. I see him here in the building grinder very good part of our insider crew as we continue on 702-365-9200 your phone calls to the top of the hour as we keep rolling here so anything you want to get off your chest short show tomorrow for an hour before we end up getting out of here and head out to nashville where i have a feeling a lot of raider fans are going to be there let's start uh, talking it up raider nation if you're going when the schedule came out i recall telling you because we knew who the opponents were going to be but we didn't know the dates so I said, man, we got to get on this Nashville game. And some said New Orleans. Only problem for me in New Orleans is I can't get off of work because they go from New Orleans to Jacksonville. Team's not coming back I, from what I heard. So I can't take a week off on my night show and go from New Orleans to the beach in Jacksonville, even though I'd like to. We can do Raider Nation radio from the road, but a little bit more difficult at night for me. So I decided to go to Nashville. I'll be going to L.A. for the Thursday night game and maybe one more game there. All right, let's get out the Raider Jay in the Bay. What's happening, Jay? What's happening, my brother? Well, now I'm in Wisconsin with uh, my mom, so I'm Green Bay Jay. Psych, never. Raider Jay all day, baby. JT, you know, I'm, you know, regurgitated. I've watched that game three times. We're torturing ourselves. You know, I see what could have, should have, what we could have done in that game. Get it out. It's done. Turn the page. And I hope my Raiders, our Raiders, have done the same thing. You know, as fans, we can, you know, stew on it and do whatever we want with it. These guys, they're going to come in. They're going to come in mad. Mad Max. And you know what? I was talking to my dad. I was like, Chandler. I haven't seen Chandler. I'm like, hey, did you get a paycheck? Like, these guys, Seymour, and these other guys back in the past. And I remember he had, you know, Warren Sapp and Randy Moss. I didn't want those guys. But once they're a Raider, my dad doesn't like Josh McDaniels. He is already wanting for his head. I'm like, relax. He won. And I'm with you on that. Give him a chance. We're two games in the season. And Titans, they got blown out. 
well, guess what? We didn't. We let one get away. So both of these teams are going to be fired up. This is an elimination game, JT. This is an elimination game who is not going to make the playoffs this year. There's 15 more of these games to go. If we go 10-5, and five, we're, well, who knows? Maybe 10 wins is not going to be enough, JT. But we need to run the ball more. Car, play, action, pass. Get it to Devontae. Two passes, not enough. And then everyone's going to complain if we throw it too much. Whatever. Just as long as we win, baby. I'm not going to give you a final score today. I'll call you tomorrow. But this is a must win, like last week was. And this one stat i got to tell you, JT, mm-hmm. and this is crazy. Oh, man. What I happened? To you lost your stat? No, I got it right here. <laughs> right, so, Dad, what's the stat? The longest streak without a touchdown, a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, Ooh. is the Browns. 49 games. Going into the season, we're 40 games. Well, now we're at 42. We got to get a turnover. We got to get a special teams. I don't want that dubious record or that honor or whatever. We got to get some more turnovers. And Chandler, this is where you got five sacks last year, baby. Let's do this. And yeah, JT, I have that long cord phone. I still got that landline. It works during earthquakes, baby. Everyone's on their cell phone during earthquakes. Everybody, get your landline. All right, JT, I'm out. I'll call you tomorrow, brother. Be good. Yeah, the uh, special team stats. I talked to Coach. You heard it in the interview about Matt Collins. What a player he is. You think he plays a lot? I mean, the guy is, depending on the Hunter Renfro concussion, Hollins can step in and do a great job. We all love Hunter. Hunter fumbled twice. Uh, the second one ended up being the game winner for Arizona. But Mac Hollins could be that guy if Hunter's down. So as we wait for the latest injury report, we'll tell you about that. Q's got Becky Hammond on, as I just saw his tweet, uh, leading off his show coming up. All right, let's keep it rolling here. 702-365-9200. I can get up a few more here before the top of the hour. Appreciate everybody on the phones today. It's been good, consistent, great phone calls as Mike in Vegas is kind enough to join us on 920 AM. Hello, Mike. Yes, uh, good afternoon. Uh, analyzing the Arizona game, the first half, the Raiders played like a potential playoff team. The second half, they played like the, the bad news bears. With all that talent, they just blew it in the second half. I hope that this week, mentally, physically, and a game plan, they can blow the Tennessee Titans off the field and win at least 28 to 14. We cannot afford to lose this game. If we lose this game, we're probably out of the playoff. Line. So the Raiders need to get their A game this week in so they can have a chance to win the AFC West. All right. Well, yeah, I would, I would say, look, if they want to make the playoffs, a win here seems pretty important. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I, I like to talk playoffs. I picked the Raiders to win 10 games this year. I couldn't. Uh, people, why don't you have them at 11 or 12? No, because of the schedule. In the schedule, I had the Raiders at 3-2 and two or 2-3. Two and three. And No one's putting a gun to my head. What's, what do I have them after the, going into the bye week? Best case scenario was 3-2. and two. Worst case scenario is 2-3. and three. I thought they beat Arizona and Tennessee, or I thought they beat Arizona and Denver. That's how I saw it when the schedule came out with the, with the crayon as I'm, I'm circling wins and losses here. I'm surprised they're 0-2 because I'm surprised the way they lost the game. Last call to get you up here before we come back, uh, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. Anytime you see them on a billboard, you see them down at First Friday. You see them at the Dollar Loan Center. 
Go up to Sam and go up to Ash, which is Ashley Watkins. She's the best. Sam's unbelievable. And say, hey, JT sent me. He said, you're the attorneys I should use. I got in an accident. Sam and Ash injury. Because you deserve what's right. You know, I came into the league and Mike ended up with the Patriots. We ended up at the same time. Um, our very first year was 0-1. And, you know, just to see him uh, as a player, you know, very tough-minded guy, physical, um, you know, did all the little things right, uh, very intelligent, highly intelligent player, um, could play the game up here just as well as he could physically and um, was a huge uh, component to those defenses back then for a number of years and won a lot of championships. Um, it was a big reason why, and um, you see that from his football team. They're always prepared. Um, nothing's easy. They don't concede one yard on defense. I don't care what play it is, what game it is. Um, they're not going to give you anything. Um, you know, they want to, you know, control and dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides. They do the same thing in a kicking game. So um, there's no question that his – the way he wants to play, you can see it, Any put any game film on you want, and it's going to jump out at you. So, um, you know, he'll I'm sure he'll have them ready to go this week. Uh, he always does, and – uh, they play the way that he wants them to play. Yeah, turn it up. Kid Rock's got a bar in Nashville. I'll go check it out. Good to get out of Vegas for a couple days. Heading out tomorrow to Nashville. JT back with you. Crank it up, Bobby. People need a shot of adrenaline. I'm in the building today. Practice. Practice tomorrow before the road trip. Vinny Bonsignor reporting. Andre James is at Raiders practice, but wearing a red non-contact jersey stay tuned later today for the injury report uh q myers raider nation radio he's got Vinny coming up a little bit later you just heard josh mcdaniels two quick things he's the most detail-oriented coach i've ever interviewed what i mean by that is you sit across from him and he knows everything special teams will tell you this guy this guy they do this on special not a lot of guys do that a lot of head coaches come in and they know they have a general idea what's going on he's super detailed which is good. I mean, Rich Passaccia last year, I really enjoyed interviewing Coach Passaccia. He came in, special teams guy, head coach, and he would just tell me, I got assistant coaches. They do their job. And Josh McDaniels learning to do that, he said, from Denver when he was the head coach for a short period until now. He's got good coaches. And today was nice and pleasant because when we sat down and we were getting mic'd up, I was asking him about his son. If you notice, he's wearing a pullover of his son's high school team. And he was just a proud dad. You know, he's got a kid playing high school football who's a safety and a slot receiver, and he's streaming, watching him play when he has some free time late at night. He's proud. You know, big decision, man. You move your family cross country. You try to get kids set up. You leave kids back to finish football. You got kids playing. It's real life, real life issues. He's a good guy, Josh McDaniels, really good guy. But you won wins and losses. I understand that. Other people also care about relationships and what type of human beings they are. And the Raiders are putting together a hell of a core group of players here. That's what they're trying to do. All right, for Derek Carr from yesterday, uh, Derek, when he met the media, first off, it's, it's not easy for him because he's, he's heard every one of these questions a thousand times. And once you sit in front of the same reporters 
and these are good reporters here. Paul Gutierrez is one of the best. You know, you look around that room, Vinny Bonsignor, come on. Here's Derek yesterday. You can tell in his voice that he's desperate for a win. He wants to win to get the franchise going. I think, uh, if I'm honest, the way that... <laughs> The way that Josh and everyone in this building has like made it, like our mindsets and the way we do it is we win or lose, it's going to hurt, it's going to, we're going to correct it and we're going to work and we, like it's like even on good days at camp, like bad days at camp, we came in and did the same thing every day. So like he really tries to make it because he's played and you know, or not, you know, he's coached in some of the biggest games, he's been around it that he knows that that's the process on how to do it. And so he's just teaching us that, you know, there's no heightened since then. it should always be heightened and like he has really put that pressure on. I really mean it he's really put that pressure on us since day one like OTAs I mean day one we're learning the system he's correcting us and teaching us like we had been in eight years you know what I'm saying but we immediately found out that this is the standard and so uh like if I'm honest like it's we came in and he's the exact same Josh and he, he expects the same thing at practice and all those kind of things honestly yeah, he really is a teacher on that, cleaning up mistakes. And they have something to clean up. I mean, they were a part of a, one of the big collapses in Raiders history in the second half of that game. There was a lot of tape to look at, a lot of mistakes to look at. But Derek, as he pointed out, they've been doing that for a while. They're, they've been looking and talking about this a lot since he's come in here and installed this new team philosophy here. And Derek thinks they're real close to getting a win. Hopefully that happens in Nashville. We're very close. Um, but close doesn't count in winning football games. And so, um, you know, when we turn the film on, we see the things that we're doing good, and you feel good about those things. And you're like, okay, we, we've seen the growth from camp uh, in those areas and in the fir- really the first, from the first week to the second week. You know, we saw the growth in some areas, but then we're like, ah, but this, we still got to get this right. We still got to get that right. And I'll let him talk about those things. But to me, um, I truly believe in exactly what he says, like, hey, I'm going to tell you what to do. Now let's go out there and let's do it, you know, and see if we can retain it, see if we can handle it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, like, yeah, we're close, but it hasn't, doesn't matter yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, close. he's telling you the truth, right? He's telling you what you need to know, how close they are, but you Raider fans don't care about it. You just want to win games. And he's trying to tell you, wait, we're, we're damn close. We should have won a game already. We were damn close. We didn't. We want to do it. That's all, that's all he's basically saying. You know that. They, they feel like they're okay, and that's important coming from the quarterback. Now, what about the old line uh, mixing and matching players? Will that come to an end? You know, I'm definitely – I don't know it during the game um, unless the center changes, you know, because that's – the snaps are different, right? Uh, but, you know, the way that we've been doing it, we've been doing that at camp too, so you just kind of get used to that. Um, and so for me, uh, I haven't really noticed like, okay, he's in now this. You know, like it's not – I haven't noticed it like that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, those guys are competing, and whoever they think should be out there, there's going to be out there. And then finally, Donald Penn told me it live on the postgame show, and we had him on earlier in the week. Matter of fact, it was so good we might replay some of that tomorrow, that Donald Penn talked about the physicality that they needed to have this week. When you have a loss like that, the way they lost, get back in pads, get back into practice, and work it out that way. Yeah, I mean, we had to bring it. Um, you know, and and when it's not to the certain standard, Coach Josh will just tell us, like, "Hey, let's go." You know, and so, like, I, I promise you, I, being around him now, I don't I don't know the exact months, but there hasn't been a day that's gone by where he misses like one detail. You know what I mean? And from from whether it's a step or eyes or this or physicality or you know, and it's impressive. I told him today, I was like, I was like, thank you. You know, I, I did. I told him thank you because I was like. When he, when he just pushes us and calls everything out, like we can only get better or you either get better or you just 
no, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do it. And then you just, you don't end up lasting in the league. You see it year after year. But, you know, when you have someone that cares about you that much to tell you every time to correct you and keep you in line, myself included, like, it's so nice. Like, when he corrects me, I'm like, thank you, you know, because he's always trying to push me in one direction, and that's just to be better. Mitch in Jersey. Give me something, Mitch, all the way on the East Coast. Go ahead. How's it going, JT? Um, I like to pick up the offensive linemen. I think they should get themselves no defensive linemen. You know, when we had out there that could get a game, that'd be good. I didn't know. I know somebody who's out there who's a four line Hall of Famer. And with Josh Jacobs, to have play actually, this is contract year. I think he'd be playing better by now. Well, I think Josh has looked pretty good. I, I think Josh has looked good. He showed some burst here, especially in the first game. Appreciate the call. And, you know, they, they, got, they got out of running the ball. I thought they should have ran it more in the second half of the game. I was surprised by that. That's a fair criticism a bunch of callers said. Why get out of the run game late? Why didn't they run it to set up the field goal? Well, this defense is trying to stop the run. Defense has got good players there. Isaiah Simmons knocked that ball out and really took a hard shot at Hunter Enthro. They had good players on that team. If there's two players I wish the Raiders would have gotten in the last couple of years, it was Micah Parsons, who I really believe they could have got. Okay, I can prove it. I, I had anchor in the draft, and Parsons went at 10. I said the Raiders should have traded up and got him. I was barking that loud. And then Isaiah Simmons, who's just a hybrid. I like hybrid players that can play multiple positions. And I like that hybrid-type linebacker in Simmons who's tall and played safety and could do it all. He's a hell of a player. Raiders got beat by some good players, didn't they? Kyler Murray beat him with his legs, and then Isaiah Simmons beat him with a great play at the end to blow up Hunter Renthrow. He blew him up. So we hope uh, we hope that Hunter's okay. Bill in Vegas. Bill, wrap it up. Thanks for calling. Hello, JT? Yeah, Bill, go ahead. Oh, hey, how you doing? Um, I think – uh, what the issue is with the Raiders. Um, I think this is the year for Carr to step up. He has no excuses. Believe me, I'm one of the biggest Carr. What, uh, what do you mean by step up? What What does the definition step, of stepping up mean? Step up. Like, if you, paid it, if you heard what Stephen A. said earlier this week, I think he hit it right on the money. I think Derek, there's no excuses. I think he, I don't know if he's just trying to force feed that ball to Adams. I think he just needs to let that, let the game come to him. Force don't feed him. Excuse. Yeah, force feed him. He had, he, had two re- he had two receptions the last game. He didn't force feed it to him. He should have. He did. So one game he force feeds him. The second game he doesn't go to him enough. I mean, we got to be consistent on the phones. He's not force feeding. He's not force feeding Devontae. He had two receptions. He flung up. He hung up. I didn't do that. I mean, come on. Be consistent. Not force feeding Devontae. He force feeds Waller. Waller gets fifty million more dollars. He force feeds Devontae. We give up two first round picks, and he's one of the all time greats in his era. One football. There's one football on every play. What do you want to do, Raider Nation? Hand it off? Do you want to pass it? And who do you want to pass it to? That should be our discussion every day. There's one football. Everybody wants Josh to touch it on every play. Devontae Waller. One play. Derek's in charge of all the plays when he breaks the huddle. He can go wherever the hell he wants. And he's got to do it in Nashville where he's played fantastic. He's 3-0 and in Nashville, six touchdowns, one interception. Just play the way he's played in Nashville, and the Raiders should be okay. Cue on deck with Becky Hammond right out of the gate.